0: Three beers and a movie Nice Hello and welcome to episode 177 of Three Beers and a Movie I am Richard Laird and I'm with Barry Neal. Barry, it is lovely to see you again We are once again doing this by the wonderful world of Zoom Um, Oh yes,
1: oh yes Um, I'm now just convinced that this is the new norm Covid's not going away anywhere this is it. This is the norm. Whatever your life is now, this is it.
0: Whenever we see each other again, not in little tiny screens, it will be a strange and odd experience. I'll be amazed to find out you've actually got legs. Because um, all we've really seen is the top half of your body see, for the past, like, six months.
1: I think what's really just going to happen is when we do finally meet in real life, we're just going to awkwardly stand with each other. Then I'll have to go and get my microphone to have it in front of my face. And we'll every
0: time we talk to each other, we'll have that wee awkward, like, half-second pause as you... As, as the sort of the Zoom thing kicks in, it'll be like you're on a satellite delay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's later on, Absolutely. we're doing this on a we doing this on, a, on a Wednesday night. It's a little bit later on a Wednesday night. So are you having a drink to enjoy the Wednesday night with?
1: I am. It is also my it is also my day uh, my days off at the moment. So nice. I'm currently enjoying a Punk IPA as always. Nice, nice, nice. I'm also on the Brewdog. I <laughs> went to one of the, one of the more random ones,
0: and it's called Aldi Ooh, IPA all right So essentially, it's I had to get into some sort of week, kind of like Twitter, not a Twitter wall but we can kind of like back and forth with Aldi about sort of craft beer. And they basically went to Aldi, we'll do a beer for you, and we'll call it Aldi. Aldi, and it's sort of based on the Aldi. Aldi. I think Aldi put one out that looked very like a brew dog, but it wasn't brew dog. You know, normally uh, okay. Aldi does that sometimes to make things look almost. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Thing today, so to do one that was sort of very. Li- it, it, looks, it looks like an Aldi like logo and stuff on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's nice. It's nice. We a session IPA. It's lovely. It's very crisp um yeah so i'm enjoying that So i got a few of them for um for christmas well not christmas but
1: because
0: of the agm book cancelled this year they all get vouchers to buy beer so i, I bought a lot of beer with my vouchers um, I'm, awesome, well, I'm well stocked for christmas
1: um <laughs> i'm i'm glad like they kind chopped in some sort of like thing because it get cancelled i'm glad i'm glad they acknowledged the fact that it get cancelled in also a week uh, Thanks anyway, you
0: know. That's a very decent about what they said. You can either get the money back, so it was £20 a ticket. I bought two tickets from jill so you gotta get the money mm. back, so that'll be £40, or you can trade that £40 in and get £30 worth of vouchers for each ticket you bought. So I get £60 worth of vouchers for the £40, which is like, you know what, I would already spent the £40 on the yeah. ticket service. I just, they were gone in my mind, so you get £60 of vouchers by. I went, like, you know what, that's cool. well cool. I can get my Christmas fee in for that, and that's what I did. So I'm, I'm very pleased with what we got for it. Yeah you know and, some yeah. and also know like
1: it's a lot less you know yeah sorry but yeah. i was just gonna say it as well like it's also helping out brew dog as well shift some of their beer as well shift you know? their
0: stock i'm sure and um, i'm sure some and you could buy other stuff or you could buy like sort of shares and stuff like that. you end up actually giving them money back almost so i'm sure people done that as well but i'm very pleased i got like i got a really good chunk of, chunk of stuff and yeah maybe a bit more experimental with stuff because normally only just buying sort of the same four or five years that i really like from them but i bought a few different random ones from just to Give it a wee bowl and see what it was, see what like. like. Um, yeah, so we'll, that's what I'm trying yeah. to make. Like, Ald- well, that's what it's all about, man. So, I'm actually, I think you can get it in Aldi, like Aldi Night nice. Socket, so he can probably get it in there if anyone's looking for it. Um. So we're on to movie news. Anything interesting? full news? circle. Yeah. Anything movie news that's, um happened to yourself it's, um, or you've, you've come across that interests you?
1: Uh, we probably should have like discussed this beforehand. I don't know if you'll have the same story or not, but. My story was okay. Uh, ah, okay. My story was that uh, Tom Cruise pretty much flipped his shit at uh, a couple of crew members because they were standing closer than six feet apart on the set of his either TV show or new movie that he was doing. And I only heard the audio today, and he's literally just kicking off. And I was I'm, like, "I heard
0: that whoa. I'm on,
1: <laughs> I'm on Tom's, I'm on
0: Tom's side with us." Mm, mm. Um. He too. He's invested as he's, he's he's not just the actor in the movie. Tom Cruise is the producer of that movie, *Submission Impossible*. Films. He's so he, it's his production company that's making the movies. So he knows if something happens on that set in terms of injury or someone gets cold and they have to shut it down, it's costing him money.
1: Mm.
0: And it'll be costing yeah, yeah. if he and it costing him money in terms of like well if he can't make movies and he can't pay, you know, production staff, he can't pay his staff. So he's thinking well if I have to shut this thing down, I could end up losing, have to pay off staff in order to combat it. You know to to combat yeah. So I am totally with him. Any I think the point is that those who are making films right now are in a very privileged position to make films, and the idea of like sort of people yeah. taking it very blase right now, and other people and there's lots of people back in America um, who can't film anything right now, or even Britain who can't film anything right now because they're basically shut down. Um, mm. They should be taking that into account because I know for a fact he apparently rented a cruise liner, Tom Cruise, like for, in Norway. And basically parked it off the coast of Norway with all the all the crew on it, who could isolate it on this big cruise cruise boat, and then come off that, do the filming, and go back there every night, so they're all I mean, totally self isolated. So he's gone to like sort of insane. ice To keep people safe, and then he needs two yachts. Yeah. It, so just, so, and I know it's only a wee role, but like you know, but the amount of investment and time and money that he's put into this is is, is insane. So I, I totally understand the people why he's getting, like, why he's kicking off about it. To be honest.
1: Aye, aye. And that was that. Really, was um. That's really like the kind of big headline story, really. Yeah. Um I think it's one of the things people don't know, you don't normally see stuff behind the se- behind the
0: scenes. Everyone sort of sees film as like a lot of the time it's sort of a very happy environment, everyone's sort of very lovely lovely and all kind of like, all that kind of thing. The idea- it's like any other workplace, mm. if people are being like dicks, shit will kick off, you know, a lot of the time. And particularly when it comes yeah. to like a producer losing get- money.
1: Yeah. i I get the feeling though that like as much as like car. Uh, Movies and TV shows—they always kind of portray that it's a good laugh and all that. I get the feeling it's a good laugh, but the fucking stress levels are like through the roof, and oh, it yeah. all it takes is just one minor thing, and it fucking catastrophically blows up. Oh, you well, know,
0: like the thing is, you could that that happens. For so example, one of them has to get tested and comes up like they even come back as a false positive, or a positive. You know, one of the ones that like might end up not being it. You know, but it gives a positive mm. reading.
1: They got to shut that set down for let's say let like you just say for a couple of days. Like, I, could costing, like, I could be costing like two or three million a day to shut that shit down. Well, exactly. That's what I was going to say. It's like a lot of movies nowadays, they're not exactly chump change. You know what no. I mean? It's like a lot of them are like hundreds of millions. And I, if you, any day that's lost, especially right now, that is big money. They're, they're squandering for no reason. You know? And there is also a thing that Cruise is genuinely one of the
0: hardest working guys in Hollywood. Like Him and mm. The Rock. The amount of stuff they have yeah. on the go at any one time is insane. Like, CruiseMate Cruise, Cruise will have, like, four or five films in development, have a couple of film at the same time. Because, like, even if he's not in them, he's a producer of them, a lot of them. You know, he has a production company doing them. So he might know that if this film he's in this now overrun by four or five days, that totally fucks his entire schedule for the next mm-hmm. six months because then he's got to catch up somewhere else.
1: Yeah, well, that's what I was, that's what I was just about to say. Like, like where a lot of these cap top-tier actors and actresses it's like they are days and months of way in advance of anything so yeah yeah
0: yeah, yeah it was an interesting story um, but I think, it's, I think people people are trying, i think i mean i think the pressure tried to betray. us as look at tom Cruise being an arsehole but i'm i'm actually yeah. on to side about this i'm actually on his in, in his camp regarding his behavior i don't think he was over the top i've, I've seen people behave a lot worse than that in jobs and i think he was totally justified in his reaction to it
1: yeah, totally did, totally. It's, uh, I, I was the exact same when I heard that. I did actually like side with him, if I'm being yeah. brutally honest. it's like I was just a bit like, ah, you know what? See, in this day and age, he does have his right to lose his fucking shit, you know? Right. Yeah, exactly, exactly, you know. Um, on to other news,
0: we'll go into the Camel Lairds, because we like to talk with oh. them, as we always do. Oh. Uh, nothing, uh, nothing.
1: Is new this, when, is, is this <laughs> your big reveal actually, that you're now the GM?
0: Should we apply for the job? Because there, there, there's an open invitation to apply for the job. Hell yeah. Think, you know, we've, we've, I've got some champ man experience. I've, I had a very, very yep. successful under-12 boy brigade season in under my belt. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I'm thinking, yeah. me, I'm thinking we've, got, we've got at least some of the kudos to try and go for this job.
1: And also you could get the podcast as the sponsor on the shirt as well. Absolutely. One-one. You know, I mean, I think like man experience plus I should have name of the team. Surely I must
0: be a prime candidate for this job. I can't have any less experience than anyone else going for a job on the tenth level of English football. there must be like there can't be any less qualified than me. <laughs> I,
1: so. I'm dead. Honestly, man, just fling it in, see what happens. See what happens. Um if I do get a job
0: then you and McFall are coming with me as my uh, assistant, so you better, you know, better be prepared for that.
1: I I'll, I'll only come if we film it and we pretty much Make it like uh, that uh, TV show on Apple, hey, that Ted. Yeah,
0: yeah. I am seeing you, Ted Lasso, as my coach assistant guy who just sort of randomly like, said <laughs> about four words, but every one of them is complete wisdom. That, that's that's all I am picturing you in.
1: That that will do me.
0: <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, so we, so we may apply for the camel wheel job. Um, we're intrigued, to, we're intrigued by it, um, to see what happens.
1: Um, but from that, we're going to yeah, good. yeah. You know what? Fingers crossed, and they get the Fingers crossing to get a good manager in there, you know.
0: Yes, agreed, agreed. Someone who's got proper experience, not just taking PSC to unprecedented four titles in a row. That's just, you know, on, on a computer. Again. Uh, so, probably we'll go to some movies. Um, so, the first one up is one you've not seen, but I might say, I might to look at it on DVD, um, and that film is Freaky, which is directed by Christopher Landon, who directed a film called Happy Death Day uh, and Happy Death Day 2. And the very enjoyable Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse, you get a chance to watch. And um, that's a lot of fun as so As is Happy Destiny. I don't know if you've seen any of them, they're a really funny kind of a, like a Groundhog Day version of a horror film. Every time she dies, she wakes up again. She's got to kind of figure out who the killer is.
1: I think I've seen the first one.
0: Yeah, first one's really good. Second one's a bit kind of more weird because they every kind of time travel thing, rather the the time loop. Um, it's a bit more no, weird. But the first one I thought okay. was excellent. I really enjoyed the first one. Um, the plot of this one is, again, it's I'm taking not, the horror genre def- and giving it a wee twist. Where this time, rather, um, basically, it's a t- it starts out with your typical serial killer film. Guy in a mask hunting young girls, young teens in a school. But um, what happens when he kills? One, he goes to kill one of the girls, they do a sort of Freaky Friday body swap. So the mind of the young girl is in the mind of the serial killer, and the serial killer becomes the young girl. So the film then follows the idea that they 24 hours to switch back. So obviously, the serial killer doesn't want to switch back, and she's got the perfect disguise now, you know, as this a young teenager, whereas the, obviously the teenager who's now the, the serial killer's body has now been hunted by the entire town because they think he is the killer or she is the killer. Um, and that's it. It's, 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 you've seen it before Freaky Friday, you know what he's talking about. That's essentially what the film is. Um, in the film, you've got Vince Fawn yeah. playing the serial killer, also the mind of a 14 year old girl or 18 year old girl, which is interesting. Uh, Catherine Newton from Big Little Lies uh, and uh, Detective Pikachu, she plays the serial killer, scope young girl. Uh, Celeste O'Connor comes up in it as well Dana Dory, I think it is, Dory and also Alan Ruck from Fred Dealer popped up as a particularly spiteful, angry teacher which was a very, it wasn't a role that's expectancy I mean, it was a pretty nasty ass teacher and um, so he's in it as well If um, so you haven't seen this, I'll be, I'll be brief on this I really enjoyed this it's a totally new spin on what is at times a very tired and slow genre you know, the serial killer, Friday the 13th, mm. Halloween genre can become very stale, we, we all know the story, we've all seen the story before, you know, it, it, it takes something a bit special to make it more interesting, you know, like, when we were younger, *Screen* came out, and that seemed like a sort of a twist on the genre, we all enjoyed that, but ever since then, there's not yeah. really much uniqueness in the genre, this was definitely a a nice twist on it, um, Vince Vaughn, and I thought it was really good, at the start, he's serial killer, and he is genuinely quite terrifying, Vince Vaughn, he's, he's a massive man, Vince Vaughn, like, you don't realise this. For the comedy stuff, but you can see, see him in like well, sort of more dramatic roles. And in this, he's a fucking huge guy, mm. like six foot five or something, and he's built like an absolute American football player. You know, he's, he's an absolute brickhouse man. Yeah. Well, the, 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 the movie
1: that really sorry you. Sorry, oh sorry, but I was going to say the movie that made me really stand up and notice him was that one when he was in prison that we reviewed a few a good oh, few yeah, weeks ago. That one. Yeah. Yeah. That was the one where I was like, holy shit, this guy's actually like a unit, you know? Absolutely, um,
0: um, so you see him, and he's like chasing after these teenage girls and young teenage boys, and he picks them up, you go, that, it's not, it's not, a, it's a complete mismatch. You go, holy shit, like he has literally just been walking over them. So he, he had a, a bit of threat when he has a serial killer, but then when he becomes a hmm. twist in it, and he becomes like a serial killer body bot with a young girl brain, that, he, he also, he, he, he kind of leans into his comedy elements there, which he's obviously very good at Vince Vaughn, he's done a lot of comedy in the past, it's not an out and out comedy in that respect, but it's the, the very situation leads to comedic moments and a comedic bent to it and he he definitely leans into it. Um, Catherine Newton as well, playing the other side of the Freaky Friday body switch, she's she's very watchable as the sort of when she got the serial killer brain, she has a real kind of nasty look about her. She can tell she has, she, she plays like she's a resting bitch face, like, you know, down to a team or she looks mean, you know. Not in a bad way, she she plays it very well. Um, also, it's yeah. got the two friends in it who just about manage that line of being enjoyable and fun without being irritating. They are kind of cliché, there's the one with the, with the gay best friend and like the girl of you know uh, of African-American descent best friend. So they, they, they're, they're cliché characters, they're very obvious, that's what they always are. Um, but they manage to be distinct enough and interesting enough that you don't feel bored by them. And again, it's just one of those things where in this genre, we've seen it always before, that becomes quite a, quite a tired thing. So it was nice to see it properly um, played out well. Um, and I just like the mix of body swap horror. It was it was fun. Um, mm. Land and short like the director Chris Landish showed a nice touch of like nice death touch at breathing life into these sort of kind of stale genres. You know because I love a serial killer movie and I, and I like I'm a fan of like Halloween's and the screens and the, the Friday Thirteenth. But I can 100 percent say they have. the, if you've seen one, you've seen a thousand of them, and it takes work something special to stand out. This stood out well. I I, I really yeah. enjoyed it. Um, potential for sequels is there, um, but hopefully don't, I feel it's something that could become derivative quite quickly. And based on how I enjoyed Happy Death Day a lot, still enjoyed Happy Death Day too, but not as much to the same degree, I'm really hoping they can leave it as a one and done, and just leave it as it is. I feel it's like they've done enough with it. I'd like to see him do something else. i want like to see what his next film is, but I'd rather see him do something, like again, unique and interesting, rather than plough the same field again. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah. If, if you're a fan of a horror film, you'll enjoy it, because there are some genuinely quite gory moments in it. Not many, but there's a couple you make, that will make it swim, like, go a little bit squeamish. Um, but it is, for the most part, it's, it's a horror film that a non-horror fan could also watch. There's a, there's a lot of comedy, a lot of like, superiority in, in the whole sense of what's happening um, that makes it really enjoyable. I would give it a very, very solid. and I said that was a lot so far. Um, which uh, seven out of ten. Just a really a really good, enjoyable watch. Yeah,
1: Nice. Yeah.
0: Good solid result for that genre, you know. Yeah. Definitely like I said we've said before, like it takes the genre itself can be so tired sometimes that it just needs that bit of fresh. A wee spark of freshness mm. to make it interesting, and this has got that spark of freshness. And nice one. Nice one. from that we'll move on to a Disney loose original. This actually got a cinematic release in America last year. Um, but it, they, they held it back for like a release year, not because of Covid, but because they wanted to put it on. The patients thought it wasn't going well in the cinema, so they held it back to put it on as a sort of a Disney Plus exclusive over here. Um, that film is Noel, directed by Mark Lawrence, who directed The Rewrite and Two Weeks Notice and The Lyrics and probably many other films by... Well, that. And he he, he did a lot of, kind of romantic comedies. Um, the plot of this film is um, the children of Santa um, Santa dies, which is a kind of really interesting premise to start with. Um, and the son inherits the mm. throne to become Santa. Um, he is not very good at the role, and then, in fact, the sister is probably the better option for it. But there's a, a rule saying that Santa can't be a lady; it has to be a man. But Santa Man disappears, um, and she is forced to go to New York—not uh, New York, Phoenix, Arizona—and all to try and find Santa and bring him back home. Uh, so that he can fulfil Christmas destiny. Um, it's, just, it's a, you know, it's it's very much that's it. That's sense of the plot. And along the way, she learns about life, love, and everything else that these films always teach about. Uh, in the film, you've got Anna Kendrick playing Sister Santa. Um, you've got Bill Hader playing Brother Santa. Um, you've got Kingsley Ben-Adir playing the love interest. He's in Fifty Blinders and Evil Way. And you've got Shirley MacLaine playing the head elf. Um, obviously, some still magnolias terms of endearment. Um, I've talked a lot on this so far. What did you think of this one? You, you shook your head when I mentioned it, so I, I'm not expecting you to be positive on this. Oh, oh I oh. do not. I it's do not noises.
1: know enough. I do not know enough swear words that would cover this absolute fucking shit show.
0: Really? Moment. Oh, you have no um, Christmas spirit, sir.
1: Ah. I do. I really do. I just, I hate these these modern fucking Christmas movies. Like, these ones that are just churned out. And the sad thing is, I feel bad because there's so many good actors and actresses in this. Okay. Like, I legit feel bad. But my God, this was fucking shit.
0: I and- disagree entirely, though. I, 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 it's, I get <sighs> what you're saying. If the, 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 the Christmas oh, film that Churn out on, like um The Hallmark Channel and Channel Five, all really the ones that like, you know, Christmas is a season, and and all family Christmas all yeah. that kind of stuff. Those are utter trite and absolutely terrible, and I, I totally agree with you. This, I thought it had a lot of charm. I thought it was, I thought it was nice. I thought it was sweet. I didn't think it was a perfect company by any stretch. I thought it had a lot of problems with it. But the two leads, particularly Anna Kendrick, I thought was mm. she was very watchable. She always is. She was that, lovely.
1: That um, that was my one. That was my positive. The fact that she literally carried, if it wasn't for her, if it was just some generic actress or actor in that role, I would have switched this off and went to bed. But the fact is that she was in it, I was like, right, right, I'll suffer through it purely just because she's nice to look at. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, Fuck mileage, me.
0: I, think, I think mileage will vary on this film depending on how much you like Anna Kendrick as an actress because I know yeah. a lot of people, for some reason, people have a lot of hatred towards Anna Kendrick. Some people I like her, some people don't like her. I like
1: Anna Kendrick. So, Yeah, yeah. I think that. No, like I think I think she's a great actress. It's just yeah. like this film was just. It's just this modern Christmas garbage. Like, why the fuck did they go to Phoenix? Is this like the? Is this like the most anti-Christmas looking place they could find in America? I think so. Yeah, I think without that, really, to be honest,
0: and it, it felt like. To yeah. be, I'm gonna. I'm honestly put out there. I reckon Phoenix, like Arizona, gave them tax breaks mm. to film there.
1: Yeah, I totally. Did totally. Yeah. Um,
0: because there is no reason it's things, in Phoenix although it's like anti-Christmas it's, it's a sort of the anti-Christmas um, idea you know it's, it's all desert sunshine warm you could have yeah. an LA you could have an LA, right. LA or Florida yeah. or something along those lines uh, Yeah, so that's what I reckon that's what uh, it was uh, uh, yeah. but it's a very odd choice because in Phoenix it's you not know, the most you know recognisable or more exciting of cities to base it in so yeah
1: yeah uh, I wonder if like people f- if like uh, our kind of age bracket felt the same when Home Alone came out you know, I wonder if they were sitting there going, oh, these fucking modern Christmas movies, you know, it could be like, I don't know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, this, this movie is not for our age bracket. I feel this movie is for really, really young kids.
0: Well, see, I disagree. I think it's actually a good, I think it's a generally a generally decent family Christmas film because there's there's no real, there's no violence in it. There's no sex sexual content there's no bad language in it so it is generally a christmas film you could watch like with young kids and the older people literally
1: missing all the best bits yeah Yes, yeah. miss, missing yeah. all the best bits so it, it is a genuine right. family
0: film which i think is something rare. something real these days to see a genuine genuine family film that actually does a, it has a bit of a wide yeah. way to it. so i like the, i mean there is bits made me laugh but the emotional twists in it are very simple wow. no, nothing takes you by surprise everything is very obvious there's nothing surprising about it at all yeah um and the big thing I would say about it is Anna Kendrick is awesome in it because Anna Kendrick Anna Kendrick but the supporting cast had nothing to do like if you put Bill
1: Hader on your film use Bill Hader because he's that, awesome that, that I think this is what pissed me off the most at the fact that uh, uh, what was that Anna was literally carrying this movie and you had Bill standing on the sidelines waiting for the hot tag and it's yeah. like He's actually doing nothing. He's yeah. he's fucked off from the North Pole and became a fucking yoga instructor, and that's that. That that he didn't have, He had almost no fucking dialogue in the whole entire movie. I, I, it wasn't was, funny. He didn't get to stretch his acting abilities at all. I was like, what the fuck is this? It was very odd. He, he genuinely became the role that normally, like for the last like hundred years,
0: like a woman normally has in a film, which is like the guy's a lead and the female is basically just sort of there as window dressing. So mm. that was like kind of, it's, it's weird to see it twisted in a way where Anna Kendrick is the main thing because But then Bill Hader like, well, why not use? But I've, you've had it for years. But other films, people go, like you've got, for example, um, like Will Ferrell in a film who's very very funny, and he's often mm-hmm. acting opposite, say, Rachel McAdam, and they don't use Rachel McAdam. Yeah. Right? you go, why not? If you're bringing her in to do a film, let her act, let her do stuff. Don't you have her sitting there as window dressing?
1: I I just I, I, just, I don't understand when they have these people who have get pedigree behind them and they know what they can do and they just give them absolute chud roles you know and also since we're moaning sorry since I'm moaning why in God's name is Billy Itchner I know that's how you pronounce his second name why in God's name is he still getting work that guy is so fucking great on film he literally makes my my t-shirts look fucking brown vibrant
0: who is he? I mean I'm not really sure who he is
1: that was, the, that was the. That I was the. I've I've have literally no idea, but see everything that I see him in is always the exact same dreary, uninterested, like like that. That must be his like stick. But you're like, yeah. this does not work in a Christmas movie. <laughs> at uh, least you know. But maybe he it's, it, If he's if he's
0: done that, it's something that made him big. That's what mm-hmm. people expect from. Like for example, we're not we're not going to review at any point because um we don't get time to do it at any point, but I mean, you watch the film called Happy Season the other night there. Okay. Which has got Kristen Stewart in it um, and it's a, it's a really well done, it's a really funny, very clever, very heartwarming, sweet, it's like, just a genuinely nice, well done film. In that film, you've mm. got Dan Levy from mm-hmm. Schitt's Creek. You watch Schitt's Creek? See the, yeah, yeah. the See the sun in it. Yeah. And he's basically playing exactly the same role in this film. He's insanely funny in the role because he does that role very well. But it's maybe one of the things now where, like, people now know Tom Shirts Creek. That's what they want to see him play. So he can make get a shit ton of roles doing this exact same thing. and people like him doing that, and maybe the Billy Eichner guy is the same. He, idea like, he, he was famous for doing some sort of shtick that we we're not privy to. We don't we don't know what he was for. But people who are like yeah, him,
1: fans of him it just like it. It just I don't know. It just. I don't like. I don't like him. He was in parts and Recreation. I just looked at it there, okay. um, and he'd done the exact same character, but in this movie, he just he stands out. He was the one that was replacing Santa yeah. when, when the like, two of them fucked off to Phoenix. Yeah, the tech guy, and it was right. just like, you're just like, my god, man, you're so dreary for a Christmas movie. You're actually making me depressed watching you.
0: Yeah, was, you I, I wasn't know? a huge. I, was, I wasn't a huge fan of that subplot of like the idea of like the kind of him... Accidentally, yeah. but on purpose, becoming like the Amazon of the North Pole. It was, that was bit I, the, the story of the, the sister trying to find the, the brother and try to convince him, he like, you know, yeah, his well destiny or her discover her destiny, and all three love story the was there a lot more yeah. as well. I enjoyed that more than enjoyed anything else.
1: Yeah, I, the other disgusting thing that I and I get it it is part of the modern age and all that, but it probably should have been left out was the fact that every cunt was asking for an iPad. You're like. Jesus Christ! Is that's where we've got to? I
0: I kind of like that joke a little bit, you know. It's like, you know, like I kind of I, I thought it was a, a decent recur not a decent, it's, a, it's an okay recurring joke, but it made me giggle. The idea, like, that just, yeah, we, we we got we got her a Christmas spirit, we got her this, we got her, like, you know, what's your will but we also we got an iPad, of course, because everyone's an iPad. I I, I thought it, it, a joke, particularly a film aimed at the sort of younger audience. That's a joke I think would work for not only the kids that are also the parents who are watching going yeah no matter what we do for our kids no matter what we give them all these experiences like you know going places doing stuff ultimately all we want is an ipad
1: yeah 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 so, i get it it's part of the modern world and all that it's just it's fucking disgusting man i
0: hate it this film is not aimed at you barry i'm saying this film is not a film no. for barry maybe
1: not um, out of 10 what are you giving it two And mm. every single Every single bit of those two is for fucking Anna. And that's it.
0: There's an audible gasp in this room from from my good lady. I gave it six and a half. I I liked it a lot more than you did. Fucking hell. I found it charming. I found it charming. Um, On from from that, we move on to the the last film of the day, um, which is definitely a change in pace from Noelle. Um, This is one that's available on BBC iPlayer. It is, again, we're talking about small acts. It is the part four of Mm -hmm. five film anthology. Um, this one is called Alex Wheatle, um, and basically it's about his role in the Brixton, was it Brixton riots yeah of the 1980s that yeah. um, kicked off. Um, and I don't know if Alex Wheatle was actually a very famous kids author um, in later life. I don't really know who he was, but this is sort of his early life as sort of a, an activist to some degree. Um, and that, so in the film, a lot of people, I didn't really know a lot of people in the film. Um, you had Shea Cole, uh, he played Alex Wheatle his film debut. Uh, Robbie B, Jonathan Jules and Johan Myers, they were sort of the main cast and I, 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 I've not really seen most of the cast in much um, but they, they were sort of the main players in this um, I I have mostly enjoyed the small, I've, I've enjoyed all the small films so far um, to, mm. to less, you know to lesser or more degree, you know, I think both agree, maybe I think that the Lover's Rock one was so far been the best I think we both really enjoyed that one for what it was um, both yeah, liked. did you see that 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 was, that won an award the other day? Oh good. It, it should I think I think they both were was absolutely wonderful. We absolutely loved that film. Yeah. So um, this one, despite the fact that a really strong set of performance from um She mm. Cole, and it's in fact it was on his film debut, I thought it was really impressive that he managed to do this role. This one was the one I struggled with the most to watch out of the four so far. Um right. a big part of that was it's, it's my feeling. I had a real difficulty for the first time in all these films in understanding the dialogue. I, the, the accents mm. were, were so thick and uh, yeah. that it became quite difficult to follow the plot. And it's not a fault of the film because they were trying to be as authentic and as true as possible. So I, I totally get why they're doing it. Um, and I guess it's kind of the same thing when we all watch like Scottish stuff, like Rav Seen Nisberg, even like Still Game, in the English, they don't get it because they don't understand it. Again, it. it's, it's the mm. same idea. I, I, I really struggled to understand what was happening with, with like from motivation to the character. Like why were characters doing certain things? I didn't understand. I didn't really get the full um, dialogue between people like literally seen before. Um, mm. Yourself?
1: Yeah, I, I was pretty much the same. It was like I did. I did enjoy it for what I watched. As uh, like a lot of this uh, series, I've been thoroughly enjoying it. But this one, like yourself, very much struggled when it became very thick, like Jamaican accent or Jamaican dialogue. Um, You know, that was the bit that I struggled with as well. But for the most part, I was able to pick up enough to work out the story. Um, Yeah. One of the kind of most touching bits was when he went to prison and then that guy pretty much became his life coach, essentially. You know? And I do believe that that kind of stuff does actually happen. Yeah. Like, even in this day and age, like, if a young guy happens to be in prison and then he does land um, either in a cell with somebody or happens to bump into someone, and then they end up just essentially mentoring them and just being like, don't fucking be in here. This is just uh-huh. a fucking shithole of a never ending loop of the same day. You know, I think, that, I think that's
0: that's a big point of the film is the idea like, you know, I think it, the, the re-offense rate is so high, you know, like if you end up, you go in once and you end up just back in there all over again. It is trying to like, break that loop, break that constant, you know, that, that constant mm. circle of like, so of offending, punishment, back out, offending again. Um, and that's, that's the thing, mm. I can pick up enough of the dialogue to get the broad strokes of what was happening and to get, you know, who was doing what and roughly what was going on. But I think because the accents are so thick and so, and, 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 and so authentic that the, the nuance of what was going on in the show was lost on me for big chunks of it. And I yes. think that's why I, I, I didn't enjoy it much. I also think, much like the previous one, the Red, White and Blue, it didn't feel cinematic. Mm. It did feel, again, like a no. miniseries. I didn't feel like... Love of Rock, to me, felt cinematic. Even was a very small-scale film, it felt cinematic. Yeah, um, Mangrove, as well, which was the first one, again, it was very much in the sort of... Um, Trial Chicago Seven idea it felt cinematic. It felt big. It felt something should be on the cinema screen. This felt again mm. like it was a miniseries rather than a movie, and maybe that it lacked a bit of scale. And um, again, the tone and sense, the tone and the sort of sense of time and place were, were absolutely brilliant. And you've no doubt this was this felt like it was almost filmed at the time, as opposed to sort of being reset up to look like the 70s and 80s in in, in, in London. Um, but I just mm. wish I'm trying to say in a way that it's like I I'm not. It's not a negative that they were too authentic, but it was maybe one of the things that it was a barrier for me to properly invest the time and the effort and understanding of it a little bit. And everything I sort of garnered from who he was was reading the code at the end of where his life went after the prison stint, mm. and then myself yeah, yeah. sort of Wikipedia in it and finding out, sort of filling in some gaps. Uh, it, a lot of it wasn't in the film. That it, it sort of, and it, might, it, might, it might be in the film. But I just, I didn't get it all in the film, and I think that, and that's another shame. But that's more my feeling
1: than the film's feeling. I think. Absolutely, one hundred percent, man, one hundred percent. Yeah. So what's the so what's the next one? Do you know what one's the, the last one? Because the last one is called. I've got is education.
0: Ah, okay. That's okay. the last one. That that should be on in Sunday. I
1: think it's been on already.
0: Yeah, think it been already, so it should have been finished already. It should be done. Nice. So one. We can get it's just we can.
1: the the list that I've got the list that I've got in front of me, it's like it seems to be different than what either was shown on the iPlayer or the list right. that I've got is wrong. One of them's been played in the wrong order. So right. um, no, it's called education.
0: So get that one. Cool, cool. Um out of ten, what are you giving Alex Wheatle?
1: Small Alex Rito? I'm giving that a seven. It's like a good, strong, cat positive message in it, you
0: know. Yeah, I'm agreeing. It's a seven out of ten. I like think it is. I've got an important message again, um, and I think the, peop- the people who the film is aimed at more, so that 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 community will get a lot more out of it than I did. And mm. um, just feel like I think it will become yeah. be a lot more recognisable to them than myself.
1: Yeah, but yeah. Still a very, very enjoyable nice. film.
0: Just for a lot, a lot of part. Just, I just feel like, I feel I have like I've missed out on maybe like twenty percent of the movie. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, I I, also, I can't say I can't say any bad things about this series. I'm absolutely been loving it. Start I'm i assuming
0: any negative part of about it so far has been a very minor negative thing of like it's not cinematic anymore yet, but it's still a great piece of art to watch. Just mm. it's always or I, I think the one like we said about the last one, the red, white and blue, the biggest problem we had with it was it was too short, like an hour and ten minutes, like we wanted an hour and forty, if we wanted to see more. You know, so and yeah. we, we, we about it, so I think the amount of films we watch when we want to get out quicker. You know,
1: as a much bigger list than
0: the films we go, I would I would happily watch an extra half hour that. You know, it's there's, there's so few probably and want to watch more of. So I think the fact that he does want yeah. more of them is, is a big thing. And um, so now I've really enjoyed the series. I'm looking forward to what the final one is, and we'll talk about that next week because next week we have yeah, yeah. Small Act Education, um, which is going to be <laughs> again, and we'll, we'll find it that. Look at the segue, man. They're good at this one now. And um, so get that to enjoy and watch, blasting it. Yep. We've also got on Netflix. There is an Italian film called Rose Island. Have you seen this one been advertised? About the guy who said No, I haven't. He, says a, he basically says a, it's a it's a drama, but it's a he sets up his own sort of country, essentially, in the middle of the ocean. And it's in the 1970s and eighties, and basically the governments are trying to shut him down because he's this sort of isolated little community of like sort of hedonism. It looks it looks pretty funny, it looks, it looks decent, have good things about it. We've got also yeah. on Netflix a film called Dick Johnson is dead, which is it looks it sounds really morbid, but it's about a filmmaker basically. Her and her dad. Her dad knew he was going to die because he's like, he's in his eighties or nineties, so he knew life was coming to an end. And they start like sort of like filming stuff before he dies about you know his life and also like how he wants to go and he's sort of reminiscing about it. And um, it looks really sweet. It looks really yeah. touching. So that looks really interesting. I've had really good reviews about it, so I'm quite intrigued to watch that. And also, nice. I've watched it already. I've recommended to you. This is the last one we'll watch. For the, this is this the last film of the year that we talk about. Um, another film that is on Apple Cruise, uh, and it is called Wolf Walkers. It's an animated film from an Irish studio called Cartoon Saloon, um, who directed, who done stuff mm-hmm. like um, Song of the Sea, Secret Kellis. This is out on Apple Plus. It was in the cinema recently. I am looking really forward to talk about this one. Uh, I really am because it's, um, it's something quite special. Nice one. So we'll get that. We'll get that for next. Week right. So Wolfwalkers. So Small acts Education. Rose Island. Dick Johnson is dead. And Wolfwalkers. I think they're all relatively short. They're only
1: about an hour, hour, and a half each. Yeah, yeah. I've um, got, I've got plenty of time after today, so I'll be able to at least get a good chunk of them before it's my days off again. Done. So yeah. Awesome. Um, As for this week, Barry, if you find us. All the usual social media haunts at Three Beers in a Movie, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all the goofy places.
0: That's great. As always, been a pleasure. I've been Richard, you've been Barry, and you've been listening to
1: Three Beers in a Movie.